Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Blue White Breakdown. The premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown. Brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Johnny McGonigal, Michigan Week has arrived. I'm Bob Flounders. Johnny, we are excited. I saw you drinking water. I have some water near me after the... Cowboys Eagles game on Thursday or Sunday at 4:30, and the interesting finish. I've been drinking water. I was I was a little worked up. I've been drinking water today to make sure I'm hydrated for the rest of the week. We've got a lot to get to, Penn State fans. A lot to get to. Uh, we just heard from James Franklin. It's Monday uh, lunchtime at Monday. That's the new that's the new schedule to meet with James. And uh, he talked about Michigan, Johnny. I think a couple of his the questions. Uh, we could have predicted his answers, but we're gonna we'll we'll get the Penn State fans up to date on what he was asked about. I thought he had a couple of interesting observations. But Johnny, congrats to your Eagles! Hard fought game down, literally down to the wire. Um, I love the fact that they play twice a year because I think everyone in their life needs needs a little Penn State Dallas uh, drama at least twice a year, maybe three times a year, but. The first game, I thought, lived up to the building. A lot of drama. Congratulations. Uh, uh, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on what you saw, but also uh, you asked James a question. I thought he had an interesting answer uh, about Michigan, uh, about J.J. McCarthy. So how you doing, man? I'm good, Bob. I'm, uh, I'm doing better on this Monday afternoon than I would have otherwise if the Eagles found a way to blow that uh, on Sunday, which looked like it was in the cards. Uh, you know, c- coming off uh, coming off a great Sunday, uh, was able to get back from uh, College Park, Maryland, at a relatively decent time into Philly on Saturday night. Got everything done ahead of time. Hit the tailgate lots a little bit on Sunday. Considered considered you know hopping on a on a you know on a ticket app and, and buying a ticket, but they were just they were insane. So um, you know watched with some uh, with some family and friends and and very. You know, well rested and and raring to go for this big week uh, that Penn State has you know has ahead of itself. Uh, James Franklin, like you mentioned, moving his press conferences to Monday afternoon. So you know we get Mondays with James now, uh, and and he said plenty, uh, you know, about a lot of topics. Said a little about some you know a couple of other topics that I feel like people are most interested in. Uh, the, the big question, you know, of course, around this week and the big storyline really around the of the college football season so far has been the Michigan sign stealing allegations. And James was asked about that unsurprisingly, you know, saying that he's keeping his focus to what's on the field. And uh, you know, he said less is more when discussing something like that, especially uh, before playing the Wolverines this weekend, 
Um, and he was also asked about Jim Harbaugh, who, you know, there's been speculation that he might be suspended uh, amid this uh, scandal. And he just said, look, I'm focused on I'm focused on what's on the field, the players, the scheme and everything like that. So unsurprising from that standpoint, Bob. But, um, yeah, he gave he gave some other really good answers too. you know, on J.J. McCarthy on Michigan you're not really being challenged so far this season and how he kind of hopes that Beaver stadium uh, this weekend, despite it being a noon game and not, you know, not a, a under the lights Beaver stadium game that perhaps the Penn state fans can, can cause some problems for JJ and this Michigan offense that yeah, has not really been tested like Penn state was tested at, at Ohio state a few weeks back. So uh, we'll see how that all plays out. All right, Johnny, I want to try and fold all of this together because I've been thinking about it since late Saturday night after Penn State whooped up on Maryland. By the way, Maryland, man, there's a lot I could say about that, the Maryland program. I'm not, this is, I, it's, it's, it's Michigan week, but if, I, if, if it was a slow week, I'd have plenty to say about what I saw from that Maryland program. None of it good. Um, but, Johnny, so, you know, let, let's just set the stage here. I know the Penn State fans are going to be thinking about it all week. Um, Penn State lost 20-12 to to Ohio State a couple of weeks ago. Spirited defensive battle. I don't want to say it was a no-show on offense, but it was pretty close. The score came, the touchdown came really when the game was over with about 29 seconds left or whatever it was. It brought James's record to 1-9 against the Buckeyes. He is 3-6 against Michigan during his time uh, in State College. Not all of those games were against Jim Harbaugh, who came on board in 2015. But I would say this, uh, the last couple games in State College have really been, the, the crowd has made an impact, whether it was the 2017 primetime game where they took it to them and, and beat them pretty bad. Um, you know, uh, they won another primetime game in 2019. They got a big lead. They held them off. I think it was 28-21. Even in 2020, even in 2021, excuse me, when, when Michigan went to the playoff, they were, they were, the phrase is life and death to win that game. Penn State actually took the lead late in that game, and Michigan converted a long touchdown pass. In the final minutes, a couple of Penn State defenders ran into each other. They won the game 21-17, to 17, but the crowd was, it, it was a day game, and that the crowd was an impact, made an impact in that game. I guess what I'm trying to say is, after the Maryland game, you know, he's always going to get asked about Michigan and Ohio State, and I didn't even think he was asked about it, but James... I thought he was venting, not not so much as really reacting to the question about just being able to enjoy a dominating win over a team that is not named Ohio State and Michigan. You can tell it's eating at him. You can tell he's thinking about it. He doesn't really like to talk about it. But, but Johnny, we're going to talk about it. The fans have been talking about it. It's just not enough to play these teams close. I don't care how talented they are. Penn State's got talent, too. When you get a chance in a close game to beat these teams, you have to beat them. And the truth is, it hasn't happened. I'm not saying anything that's not obvious, but I don't know that James should be making a lot of uh, pleas or venting a lot about being allowed to enjoy 36-point wins uh, over Maryland or 63-point wins you know, over UMass. It's really about, at this, at this stage of the game, in year 10, Johnny, it's about you know, keeping score about how they do against Ohio State and Michigan when the perception is the talent is fairly equal, right? Yeah, I I agree, uh, you know, 100%, Bob. And uh, coming into this season, you knew the West Virginia opener would have some juice around it. You knew the Iowa whiteout would have some juice around it. But 
you know, for the most part, everyone kind of came into this thing understanding it was almost a two-game season. And it, and it kind of always is. I mean, you you obviously have you know uh, teams even like Minnesota a few years ago that will that will pop up and be a good team and cause you trouble. Michigan State can do it, uh, or at least has done it in the past. But when you uh, evaluate and look at James Franklin's tenure, you immediately want to, and I think fairly, view it through the lens of, hey, Michigan and Ohio State. How has he done against those teams, and how? You know, is Penn State positioned, best positioned to to win those games? And I still think that Penn State had a really good chance to beat Ohio State a few weeks back. The offense, you said it, you know, might not have been a no show, or I'll go that far. I think it really was a no show uh, from from the offense that week. And everyone that went into that, we don't have to relitigate uh, what what happened in Columbus necessarily, but they had a chance in that game. They didn't take it. And now they have another opportunity this weekend against a Michigan team that, like I mentioned and like James Franklin mentioned, really has not been tested this year. I mean, you look at their non-conference schedule, they were playing, you know, the Bowling Greens of the world and UNLV and uh, East Carolina. Uh, their Big Ten slate has not been challenging at all so far. For Michigan, it really is a two-game season. It's Penn State and Ohio State. That's really the only test that they'll have and have on their schedule. Um, so... I'm sure Michigan fans are going to be interested to see how the Wolverines perform and really their first tough game of the year. Uh, and Penn State fans, after already watching the Ohio State, uh, I don't know if de- debacle might not be the right word, but the performance or lack thereof at Ohio State, this is a real opportunity for this Penn State football team. This still sits here right now, Bob, 8-1. and one, And if they beat Michigan, they've got a chance uh, you know, to make the you know not only the Big Ten title game with some tiebreakers, you know, Penn State fans root for Iowa and root for Illinois and root for Northwestern over these next few weeks because the Big Ten West combined conference record uh, is the tiebreaker in in a scenario in which Penn State beats Michigan and Michigan beats Ohio State and all three of those teams are eleven and one. But first and foremost, you got to beat Michigan this weekend uh, to really care about that at all. Yeah, it's it is it, it's isn't it crazy how. Even though it's the worst part about the Big Ten, the Big Ten West always is a huge factor in in where the Big Ten East is headed. Whether it's you mentioned the tiebreaker or they ha- they show up in the Big Ten title game and ninety five percent of the time they get trampled, and it just really it just compromises you know it just compromises you know the the Big Ten's chances of getting multiple teams most years. In a fourteen playoff, that's going to change, but it's you just can't you can't ju- you just can't shake the Big Ten West until some of these some of these other teams uh, come into the come into the conference and also they expand the playoff. Johnny, I wanted I'll, I'll just I wanted to ask you this because it, it he, he answered it, but I wanted to ask you this: Are you are you buying Penn State's uh, run defense and that FBS number one ranking of sixty point three yards allowed per game. That's the fewest. That's the fewest yards per game in FBS. And and the reason you know you know why I'm going to ask you this. They just got they got worked. Is a, probably the best way to say it. They got worked by Michigan last year in Ann Arbor. I think the number was four eighteen. Four rushing four rushing touchdowns. Blake Corum went wild. Donovan Edwards almost scored literally on every time he touched the ball. I know he he only had two touchdowns, but he was he was lethal. I know they got wore down, Johnny, because the offense didn't help. And I know 
I know the defense, Penn State's defense is good, but that's a good offensive line. That is an extremely well-coordinated uh, Michigan running game. I know it's got to travel. I know it's got to function in a lot of noise and against a lot of talent, but just your thoughts on the play of Penn State's run defense, what James said about why they're better this year, and if they are really that much better equipped to handle what Michigan's going to uh, bring to the table on Saturday. We're going to find out, Bob. We are we are going to find out. Um, like you mentioned, the stats indicate that this is a really good run defense that Penn State and Manny Diaz has at, at his disposal. Uh, the, the talent that he has, we've we've talked about it so much over the last few months up front. You know, you start on the edge, you know, with Chop Robinson, you know, a, a widely considered first round talent and a player that Penn State is hopeful uh, will play this weekend uh, after suffering, uh, you know, we're not doctors, but suffering an injury at Ohio State, one that, you know, he was carted off, you know, towel over the head, took them a while for them, him, you know, to get up. Uh, and get you know off the field and onto the sideline. A helmet to helmet collision with an Ohio State offensive lineman. Uh, Chop uh, did travel uh, to the Maryland game, warmed up and suited up, but was listed as out. Uh, James Franklin said after the game that was a part of the rehab process for Chop uh, and part of his protocol. Uh, so we'll see if he suits up him and Amin Vanover, who was also injured at Ohio State. James Franklin said both. Uh, you know he's hopeful that both players will play this weekend, but. Uh, you know, getting those two guys back would be a big boost to this, you know, defense and defensive line specifically. Uh, I like what I've seen so far this season from the defensive tackles. I think the added weight that Zane Durant has put on uh, has really helped, and he's kept his explosiveness on the interior. You know, Devon Ellis and you know Hakeem Beeman, Kazai Izzard, uh, those guys I thought I think have done a pretty good job so far this season. Now, granted. They're not facing rush offenses like Michigan's, you know, Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards, those guys you mentioned, and the offensive line that Michigan has. I mean, you look at what Ohio State had up front, and I think it's a pretty average Ohio State offensive line. Uh, now, Penn State did shut down their running game, and I think Ohio State running backs had about 33 carries and average just over, you know, two and a half yards per carry. So it's good job. Um you know, on Penn State's, uh, you know, front seven there, uh, you're going to need a big Abdul Carter game, though. You're going to need Curtis Jacobs uh, to not only make the big plays, but make the smart uh, plays within the scheme and within the confines of the defense, what Manny Diaz is dialing up for you. Uh, and so we're going to find out because a lot of the discourse around this defense really since the Michigan game last year, and it bled all the way into the offseason, was about the run defense and the size and the shape and the fit of what they have up front and if they're able to stop a, a, a downhill rushing attack that Michigan has. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to find out. I, I think there's, there's no other way, you know, to, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. Two points, uh, just two points to contribute to, to what you just talked about with the run game, which I agree with. Um, you can you can you can point to the Ohio state game, but they didn't have Trevion Henderson in that game. Right. And he, you know, in 2021, he went for a, a buck 50 against Penn State, and he had he had a couple of big plays, I think, late in last year's game. And they're not quite the same run game without him. I wanted, I think that's that that is a fair point. And I, I think one of the advantages Michigan has had in its nine and zero start, and the closest margin I believe was 24 points 
against Rutgers. And they've just, I mean, you know, we're going to get to Penn State's two-back approach in, in just a minute, Johnny. But Jane, or, uh, Jim Harbaugh has really not had to extend Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards at all this season. And it's uh, and you, you look at some of the numbers they've had in some games and you're wondering about them. But I think Jim, Jim and his staff were really smart. They didn't spend a lot of bullets, a lot of their bullets against teams they, they could beat almost without them. And they, they have to be fresh for this game, right, and the Ohio State game and the playoff. They're, they're planning on the playoff. And Penn State will see two very fresh runners. I would not put a lot into, especially Donovan Edwards' stats going into this game. People, I would, You can look at that and say, boy, I wonder if he's not the same guy. But I just think that, to, to Michigan's credit, they really haven't really had to use them a lot. Uh, Blake Blake saw a lot of work the last couple of years before he's been he's been hurt. Uh, they're going to be fresh, right? They're going to be fresh, and Penn State's backs, Johnny, are going to be fresh. My my question to you is, uh, I don't I I'm I've kind of been pretty pretty adamant about this. I just think we need. I think the more Penn State leans on Katron Allen this week, I think the better for Penn State's offense. You can look at the numbers. You can look at the progression that both he and Nicholas Singleton have made since the end of last year. But James said he was asked by Frank Bodani of the York Daily Record about the two running back approach. Is it still in play? And James went into detail. He said it worked for us last year. We feel like, I'm paraphrasing, it's working for us this year. We're keeping those guys fresh uh, for their college careers and for their careers beyond this. And they like they like the approach. They like the, the model. And the bottom line is, unless he's playing possum, it's going to be two car- two series for Katron Allen, two series for Singleton to start the game. I just I feel pretty strongly, though, you got to you got to fire your big guns in, against against Michigan. And to me right now, the big gun in the running game is Katron Allen. Yeah, I think it's been pretty clear that Katron Allen has been the better running back for Penn State. This year, he's been better than Nick Singleton. And I think that's from a burst standpoint, from a vision standpoint, from a power standpoint, from just picking up yards. Like, that's your job as a running back. Uh, I think Katron Allen has been the better back. The stats bear that out as well. Uh, You look at what Katron Allen has done this year, 573 yards uh, to Nick Singleton's 480. And Nick has two more carries than Katron has. But over the last couple of games, you know, Katron 81 yards against Indiana, 91 against Maryland, with including a mean, just a downright <laughs> yes. mean 10 yard touchdown run uh, that he was just dragging guys and churning his legs. And you know, Nick Singleton, maybe that 51 yard kick return uh, that he had uh, in College Park will be kind of a jolt, a spark for him. Uh, but only eight carries for 21, or excuse me, eight carries for 20 yards against Maryland. Uh, it's just. It, it just hasn't seemed like it's the same Nick Singleton from last year. And I know it's not all him. Like there's so many other things that go into this, whether it's play calling or blocking and scheme and everything. But I agree with you, Bob. It's the 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 two two kind of deal. I mean, I'm not Jaywan Sider, and he's getting paid what he's getting paid to make these calls, and he's a damn good running backs coach. Um, but when you see Katron get rolling a bit, and then it's like, okay, it's Nick's turn. I just feel like in a game of this magnitude, if you have a hot hand, and maybe that's Nick, you know, maybe th- maybe this weekend that's Nick Singleton who starts breaking off some of those runs. And and I'm not talking the 70 yarders; I'm talking the eight to nine yarders uh, that is that are going to be crucial in this game if you're able to get it against a stingy Michigan defense 
if they've got a hot hand in a game like this, you got to ride it. And uh, so that's kind of where I'm at um, on on the running back by committee approach. Uh, the hot hand, the better back has been Katron. Uh, and I know that they want to keep Nick involved, though, as well, because you just know a 70-yard run is in there somewhere. This is the Blue-White Breakdown. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, listen, we're, we're, we're churning on here on the Blue White Breakdown. We're going to have a couple more podcasts uh, this week, as we always do. I'll be on with Dave Jones uh, a little bit later in the week. Johnny will be on with Dustin Hawkinsmith a little bit later in the week. Uh, we encourage you, uh, our tech subscribers, to, uh, to reach out to us. We'll reach out to you with information. If you have some questions and comments about the game, please feel free to uh, – to ask away or to comment away, we're, we're, I'm sure I'm sure you guys are worked up this week, Johnny. I wanted to get to two more points here uh, this week with you. Uh, I think I just think it's 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 really interesting. Um, the two points are involve Beaver Stadium and the impact uh, in a big game, and also the impact that Dom DeLuca has made on this team. I think it it is it is really remarkable um, to to watch him kind of blossom and thrive and make the most, as James Franklin said this week. Every opportunity this kid gets, uh, invariably, almost always gets the job done and then some. But before we get to Dom, I wanted to ask you about Beaver Stadium. You you went to Penn State. You've been a part of the Beaver Stadium experience. You've covered a lot of Penn State games, if not for us, um, you know, for the Center Daily Times. You you know you know in a big game uh, what that what that sound and what that noise is like. The perception nationally is everyone says, oh. Um, you know, the home crowd's worth about three points in a big game. I disagree with Beaver Stadium. I, I was trying to think of a number. Uh, currently, Penn State is a four-and-a-half-point underdog uh, on most betting sites uh, against Michigan. That line could fluctuate. Four-and-a-half is not a prime number. I think you'll see some movement there. Johnny, I think – I've been think I really think um, when it's Ohio State or whether it's Iowa or whether it's a game this crowd really wants, I think I, – I, I can make a strong argument that Penn State's crowd – is worth 10 points in a game like this. You might not see it that way. You might see it actually more. But I just was kind of getting your thoughts on just the impact of Beaver Stadium crowd that is ready to roll, what that can do to a to another team, even if it's a good team. And and can you put up can you put a point value on what you think the the Beaver Stadium crowd could be like uh or impact like uh for Penn State Michigan? I kind of like 10, Bob. Uh, you know, th- I don't think I'd go any higher than that. That's a lot. Um, maybe a little lower, maybe a touchdown. And, and we did see that I'm pretty sure this game opened as a six point, you know, spread uh, in Michigan's favor. And I think, you know, like you mentioned, it's gone down already. So, so perhaps, uh, you know, betters out there are seeing value not only in Penn State as a team, but Penn State and Beaver Stadium as an atmosphere uh, and as a challenging one for this Michigan team that like we talked about already has not really been tested this year. And you were rattling when you were rattling through some of the, some of the home games against Michigan in, in recent years, 
the, the Mo Bamba moment just kind of stuck out in my head where you know, Michigan comes out, the music's blaring, the crowd is going crazy. And, you know, they, they, I forget it. They had to call timeout to avoid a delay of game uh, on the first play of the game. I think that and that might have been the 19 game maybe. I think yeah. it was. But I, I do remember they, they, they just were not – they couldn't do anything. It, they, they were in the wrong part of the field, and the crowd was getting after it, and they, they, had, they, had, to, they had to take their foot off the gas. When Mo Bamba is blaring, you just got to call timeout. You got to take a breather. Uh, it, it, it But it really was one of those really cool moments. And one of those moments that gets shared on social media every time the Michigan game comes around. And, and rightfully so, uh, because that's the kind of impact this crowd can make on Saturday. And I think Penn State, Penn State's players, they've always fed off of that. But I think situationally too, right? You, you, have, you lose the Ohio State game. You know, if you want to go where they want to go, and that's a phrase that James Franklin has used, you know, they want to go to the Big Ten title game. They want to go to the college football playoff before expands to 12 teams. They know they have to, they have to have this one. And not saying that they went into the Ohio State game thinking like, okay, if we lose today, then we can just get Michigan. Um, but they know they need to have this one. And I think the Penn State players can be able to feed off of that crowd that everyone in that stadium knows that they need this one. And they also know that it's Jim Harbaugh on the on the sidelines, assuming he is on the sidelines. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Connor Stallions is probably going to be yeah. up, in the, up in the top deck. Uh, filming. Um, th- there's just been so much. Obviously, Penn State fans don't like Michigan, and uh, and there's a reason for that. There are multiple reasons for that over the years, and I think I think you're going to have that kind of atmosphere on Saturday. I really do. You know, noon start, three thirty, seven o'clock, whatever it is. Uh, I don't think it's going to matter uh, for those fans. Yeah, I do. I, I know we're splitting. I think it's going to be the largest crowd uh, at Beaver. I, I do think. I do think. Between the fact that it's Michigan, it's unbeaten Michigan, it's Jim Harbaugh, the sign-stealing stuff. I mean, I, I, the word I've been using is Thunderdome. Uh, I, I do think this will be an impactful crowd. And I, you, you, we all know it. Penn State fans know it. James Franklin referenced it. Michigan has not been made uncomfortable Almost the entire season. I know they've trailed. I think Indiana got up on them seven nothing. I think Rutgers got up on them seven nothing. But this team has not had to sweat at all, and it's a tribute. It's a tribute to how good they are. But at some point, it doesn't really matter how good you are if you when you do face a couple of good teams. There's going to be some tense moments, and it's. it's I I think Penn State has to be able to put this team to the test at some point in the middle or late stages of this game and see how they react. And I think that Franklin referenced that, the fact that they're never behind the sticks. They're always, whether it's on offense or defense, they're just comfortable. They're never uncomfortable. They can do whatever they want. They can, they can play at the pace they want to. They can call whatever they want. They can take their time. Um, so we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see if Penn State can make this team uncomfortable. But, uh, Johnny, I just, wanted, I just wanted to ask you about Dom DeLuca. I'm sure. I mean, you could. Penn, it's a it's a rich tradition uh, of Penn State football and walk-ins who have really had good careers at Penn State. But in recent memory, and I'm, I might be missing one. I, I'm trying to think of a guy who has gotten more out of his walk-on experience. He's now on scholarship. He's now a team captain, and he's a he is a linebacker, an outside linebacker, um, key player on special teams. And it I just feels like when he's on the field, at some point in a game. He's going to make a play that benefits Penn State, and they have all this talent. They have all this NFL talent, even at the linebacker position. 
but almost every game, this guy's doing something. He and it's it, it's interceptions, right? It's forced fumbles, fumble recoveries. He blocks kicks. You know, he he finds a way to make an impact. I it, obviously James Franklin can't. I mean, he 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 is fond of this guy, and he should be. But for for a guy to do this at a at a school like Penn State, uh, not only as a special teams player, but as a defensive player. I'm just I'm scratching my I'm 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 really trying to think of a guy who's gotten more uh out out of his ability uh and his opportunities. And I'm sure there is, but Johnny, he he's gotta be near the top of the list. Bob, it's interesting, you know, and and telling that after the Maryland game, I asked James Franklin about Abdul Carter, who is you know coming off of that freshman year that he had widely considered one of the you know, one of the best or most talented and promising linebackers. In the country, and I asked James about Abdul. What I thought was Abdul's, you know, most complete game so far this season. And he obviously he talked about Abdul and his talent and what he means to the defense. But he opened it up and said the linebacker group as a whole. And he mentioned, you know, Dom DeLuca being the man. And I think he actually used that phrase, like Dom DeLuca is the man. And you know, Dom has provided a lot for this defense, special teams, for this locker room. You know, he's a captain. He's a guy that your players look up to and appreciate and respect. Um, and so, I, I think you talk about Michigan potentially getting uncomfortable or making them sweat. What better way than a Dom DeLuca interception return touchdown to make them sweat? And I, you know, we, we're we're smiling and whatever, but like. He, he's, he's capable of those kind of plays. Uh, he is. And I think everyone within this linebacker group is not only capable of those kind of plays, but will have to, you know, obviously make big plays on Saturday, but also, you know, fit their runs and, and be on the same page and be cohesive and communicative because you know, a couple weeks ago, the whole group as a unit was not like that against Indiana. They clearly were against Maryland. And as much as the front four gets a lot of the blame for what happened in Michigan last year, you saw some linebackers not fitting their their lanes properly. Um, and so I think having a, you know, a Dom DeLuca out there who can not only make a big play, but he's a smart guy knows what he's doing. Curtis Jacobs, Abdul Carter, uber talented Kobe King, I think has played really well this season so far, even you know, Tony Rojas, true freshman, getting an interception at Maryland, I think, is a boost for his confidence. If he needs to step in uh, and play, you know, some some reps at linebacker against Michigan. So, I, I like where this linebacker room is coming off the Maryland game, uh, and I think that's only a positive going into a game against Michigan, where you know that they're going to be uh, they're going to need to have big games. They're going to be relied upon. Yeah, Johnny, I, I, I think I think you hit on something. If if at the if the at the end of the game or late in this game, if you and I are in the press box and all we're talking about are Drew Aller, Keandre Lambert Smith, Katron Allen, maybe Olu Fushanu, um, Adisa Isaac, Johnny Dixon, if we're just talking about those guys, then Penn State's probably in trouble. They're gonna need they're gonna need all 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 the all the pieces. You know, producing. There's some good people that we haven't talked about. We talked about it on another podcast. The guys who need to step up in November. Um, Abdul Carter was one of the guys we talked about, and he he certainly got November off to a good start with his performance against Maryland. But they they have to they have to they're going to need some help. You can't. It's not about five or six guys playing the game the games of their lives to beat Michigan. It was encouraging to see Dante Cephas do some good things. Um, there, there are some other players on this team that are just going to have to really—they're going to have to pick it up a little bit, and I think they're capable of it. But 
it just can't be the same guys. You know, we, they don't have chop, right? So it's going to be, it's going to have to be some other players that come to the front. Uh, I think they can do it. Uh, we'll see. And just about, just one more thing about Dom. I just feel like whenever he's done playing football, and I, I would not put anything past him the way that he keeps getting better and better. Like, I mean, I think after Penn State, he could probably play football. I really do because of of what he can his, – his value, right, to an NFL team. I think he would help an NFL team in multiple ways, and that's how you that's how you play for a while. I just feel like at some point he's going to be a coach in college, and he's going to be a really good one. He just has that and – I, and I think that – I think that James Franklin already knows that. He's one of those guys that gets it, and he's a guy that I think – can relate to guys and he's a guy that can develop guys because he's been, he knows what it takes. I just feel like he is a guy that if he wants to, he's going to be around football his whole life. Yeah. Dom DeLuca, Chad Powers. I'm taking Dom DeLuca. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Johnny, before we wrap it up, it's been a productive Monday. Once again, kudos to your birds. Anything else you want to add to close out this, uh, this uh, remarkable Monday podcast? No, just a reminder to the listeners and, and those watching on YouTube or wherever else that you know, we're going to have a lot of stuff this week. Um, and I, I mean a lot, you know, with the podcast with you and Dave, I'm going to be on uh, with Dustin later in the week as well, you know, ahead of this game, predictions, storylines, like everything is going to be, everything under the sun is going to be covered over the next handful of days. So just keep your eyes peeled uh, to wherever you get your podcasts and uh, on penlive.com. Uh, slash Penn State football to check out the rest of the coverage. Yeah, you have to plug. Yeah, we have to plug our stuff. Bob. I love it, Johnny. I couldn't have said it any better. Well done. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>